Well, welcome to our home, everybody. We wanted to give today's message from our home. We call this place the Cozy Consulate, and we're so glad that you're here. Yeah, today we're actually kicking off a brand new teaching series called Climate Change. We're gonna look at how God invites you and empowers you to change the climate in your most important relationships from your family, which makes sense, we're in our home, to your friends and to those that you work with. We love our home. Uh, we actually spent almost a year renovating it. And one of the things that you were most excited about was actually our thermostat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, Jarrett wanted a smart thermostat in our home. He wanted to be able to run it from his from phone, phone. From anywhere in the world. So anywhere in the world, he mm -hmm. could change the temperature of our home. Yeah. And so we found these smart thermostats. Yeah. Yeah. You actually- I installed them all. You installed them. Well, two of them. Two mm -hmm. of them, we only yeah. have two thermostats. So he installed them and essentially, uh, you know, we were kind of off to the races. The only problem is that these thermostats actually are not running according to how you're telling them to run. They kind of have like a mind of their own, right? Yeah. Yeah, see, see what happens is, is Jarrett has like set the thermostats, but the problem is, is that we go to bed and literally it's freezing in our house. Freezing. I mean, I wear hooded sweatshirts to bed. That Yes, okay. that's so your I, experience. Is my experience is that it's freezing in our house, but we wake up the next morning and we are literally like dripping in degrees. sweat. It's like 85 degrees well, in our house. The okay. children are passed out no, due to the fact that it's so hot in here. Yeah. So the, the smart thermostat's not, not working so Look, well. Look, it's complicated technology and I have a, <laughs> a team of people working on it right, right now to fix it. So we're, we're working on it. Right, so thankfully after a ton of Google searches, I believe. Well, yeah, so I, watched, Google, I watched some videos. Google came to the rescue, Jarrett figured out how to make them work. But it's funny because it's something so small, our thermostat, yeah. but it sets such a tone in our household. You know, something yeah. so small can have such a large impact. And and one little thing can change the whole temperature yeah. of a house. And, and that's the thing with thermostats. They set the climate for everyone around them, which is actually very different from these. This is actually a thermometer. Yeah, see our, our kids love the thermometer. This is one of their favorite things. I mean, even yesterday morning, Gigi was down taking her temperature again. They take their temperature several times a week. Yes. And we've actually gone through multiple thermometers over the years because our kids love to use them so much. Uh, to them, this is sort of like a slot machine for sick days <laughs> for them. So they like take their temperature just to see, you know, you can see them in the morning like, come on 100, yeah, I need to see 100 just so they can get out of, out of school. And so that's the, I mean, there's a big difference. You're exactly right between thermostats and thermometers. Thermometers just show the temperature. They just reflect the temperature. Thermostats, when they're actually, <laughs> actually working, thermostats set the temperature. Thermometers show the temperature, but thermostats set the temperature. And the same is true of, of you and, and your most important relationships. There are people who merely kind of reflect the current climate of their relationships. And then there are those who can set the climate of their most important relationships. There are those who are reactive to sort of how things are or how they've always been. And then there are those who are proactive. They set the climate for those relationships. So when it comes to you and, and your most important relationships, your, your family, your friends, your spouse, what would you say is the current climate? When's the last time you sort of took the temperature of your relational world? Now, my hunch is that you actually already 
know. You probably just innately know to a certain degree what that temperature is. If there's unresolved, or as we like to call it, untransformed tension between Jeannie and I, I know it. I can feel it. The temperature has risen in our relationship. If there's a group of friends that tends to be superficial, you know, when you get together, you just kind of talk about the same superficial things, you know that kind of the temperature of those relationships are kind of low. If you had a great time with your in-laws recently, maybe you got together and had a good time with your in-laws recently, you know it, and you're as shocked as they are. You, you can kind of know the relational temperature of your world, but have you really actually thought about what it is and how it got there? Now, again, there is a big, big difference between recognizing the relational climate and actually resetting the relational climate in your world. There's a big difference between reflecting and actually resetting the relational climate in your world. And what we want to look at today is how, by God's grace, you can actually reset. You can set the temperature in your most important relationships. We want to look at how you can actually be a climate changer with your family and your friends. So I want to actually ask you to grab a Bible and turn to Colossians 3. And what we want to do is we actually want to share a passage of Scripture that has really been a climate changer for our marriage. It's mm -hmm. been a climate changer for our family. Mm -hmm. uh, it has helped to set the temperature in our relationships, yeah. in, our, in our world, and, yeah. and in the ways that we interact with one another. In fact, it, it means so much to us. We actually had this passage read at our wedding over yeah. 20 years ago, yes. and had you had it engraved on yep. your ring. So turn to Colossians 3, and I want to give you a little bit of context around this. This is actually a letter written to a church, and the church uh, in this letter is described as the family of God, which I love that picture. It's this rich tapestry of an interconnected relationship and it's woven together by God's love. And this is what Paul writes in Colossians 3. We're going to start in verse 12. He says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Mm -hmm. Now, look at the phrase right there in the very beginning of Colossians 3.12. It says very clearly, as God's. Do you see that? As God's essentially means that you belong to someone greater than yourself. You are as God's. Before you belong to your parents even, before you belong to your family, before you belong to your spouse, if that's your relational reality, you belong to God. In fact, it honestly, it doesn't even matter what your relational status mm. is. No matter who you have or don't have in your life, when you are in a relationship with God, you have God, and more importantly, mm. He has you. Mm. You're not alone. You are God's chosen son or, or God's chosen daughter. And because of that, we do relationship differently. We do relationships like God does as part of his family. And when it says clothe yourselves, this is really a, a proactive thing for us to do instead of a reactive thing. You know, what we do is we clothe ourselves. You take relational responsibility to choose to do relationships God's way. 
So I think about, you know, this passage says to clothe ourselves. Mm -hmm. We obviously both clothe ourselves each day. Uh, <laughs> yes, we, thankfully. We put clothes on. Yes. But, you know, obviously we dress differently. We have different clothes yeah, and, different and that styles, kind of thing. Right. You're kind of into, uh, not today, I appreciate no. the color. Well, but because we're on video. Yeah, lately you've kind of really been clothing yourselves in a lot of just straight black, like you're a stagehand. Well, or, I, I like uh, to think of myself more as a burglar or <laughs> like I'm going out TPing. Yeah. It's very slimming. I don't know if you know this. Black is the new black. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. But regardless of how you clothe yourselves each day, you have the opportunity to be relationally intentional, to mm. put on the attributes of God that make you a climate changer in mm. your relationships. Things like compassion, it says here in this passage. And this is really the ability to see those that you're in relationship, to, to kind of walk around in their shoes, mm. uh, to see life through their lens instead of just through yours. To, to have grace for them, to not expect them to be perfect, to not expect them to be you, which oftentimes, in my case, yeah, it's the same. Kind of the same yeah, thing. The same. And when you get in touch with how broken you are and, and how much you need God, it really leads to compassion for others mm -hmm. in your relationships with them. This passage also mentions to clothe yourself with kindness. This means to make intentional, loving choices. This is not just an attitude, it's also our actions, that we are rooted in God's love and we mm. choose kindness mm. with one another. It, it talks about clothing yourself in humility. And really, this is all about putting the other person ahead of yourself. That changes the climate of yeah, a relationship when you choose humility in that relationship. It's being more concerned with we mm -hmm. than it is with me. Mm -hmm. I love what C.S. Lewis said. He said that true humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Mm -hmm. It's good. not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. And when I see myself more honestly, I can see you more lovingly. Mm. It also mentions to clothe yourself with gentleness. This means choosing words well. Uh, it's not choosing to use your words with, with power, but it's choosing to use your words with a sense of gentleness. Mm. It mentions choosing to clothe yourself with patience. Uh, and this is a hard one for me. Uh, I am not great at patience. Uh, I like things to go the way I like them to go when I like them to go that way. And this ultimately is really all about trust. Am I willing to let, Jared, am I willing to let our kids, am I willing to let the people in my world go about their lives the way that they go about them at their pace? And can I be patient with that? And just because it's different, it doesn't mean that it's wrong. Hmm. Now, let's go on and look at what Paul says in verse 13. He says to bear with each other and forgive one another if you have any grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Now, this forgiveness is a massive, mm -hmm. massive climate changer. And I love that it talks about, Paul talks about how we bear with one another. That means to work with, that means to stay with, to be with. And then notice the terms that are put on forgiveness here. It's not when they ask for forgiveness first. It's not when you sort of feel like it or get around to forgiving them. 
It's not after you've made them pay. I like to do that. <laughs> I like to make Jeannie pay and earn her forgiveness. The only terms connected to how and why we forgive others, especially our spouse or our family or our friends, is because God has already mm. forgiven you. That's really what it's all about. It's about how God mm. has already forgiven you. Yeah. And then in verse 14, Paul goes on to say that climate changers choose to put on something else, you know, as they're getting dressed and clothing themselves. It says, over all these virtues, all these climate-changing virtues, put on love, mm. which binds them all together in perfect unity. Now, Paul chooses to kind of close out this climate-changing list by sort of doing a D all of the above, kind of covering mm -hmm. all of his bases, that on top of everything else you're wearing, you layer yourself with love. Mm. That love is really what kind of ties this all together and holds this all and binds this all together and even binds us to each other. Letting the love that God actually has for you, that he has for me, be what I offer to others. Letting love, not obligation. Mm. Love, not uh, history or a habit or a pattern of relating with this mm -hmm. person or with these mm -hmm. folks. Love. Mm. It's, it is the single greatest climate changer of them all. Let that be, Paul says, what you start with and end with in every opportunity, in every relationship yeah. that you have. Yeah. And this ultimately is what it looks like to be a climate changer in your most important relationships. It means that because of who you are in God and what he's done for you, you proactively put on mm. the attributes of Jesus with everyone you encounter. Like a thermostat, you essentially set the yeah. temperature of your relationships rather than just reflecting or reacting to how they've always been. Mm. It means that you make a conscious commitment to clothing yourselves with these things here in Colossians with compassion and kindness, mm. with humility and gentleness and patience and forgiveness. And most of all, you put on love. Mm. You take radical responsibility with the relationships that matter most to you. And you may not be able to change them, mm. but you can change the climate by being who God has created you to be. So since you're here and, and you're in our home, I thought it would be fun to take a minute to, to kind of talk about what this looks like for us, how we change the climate in our relationship with one another and with our kids. Like, how does this actually work for us? How do we get stuck? Like, how, how yeah. is the temperature hot? And yeah, how can cold. sometimes yeah. the temperature be really, really cold? So yeah. I, I'm curious, how would you say that this occurs in our marriage? In our marriage, yeah. I, I would say that one of the places where I have, I'll just speak for myself, where I have a lot of room to grow is in the area of humility. Um, now, I, I like to think of myself as a humble person, the most humble person ever. Uh, I do it's like very to, humble yeah, of you. <laughs> I do like to think of myself as a humble person. It's not like I walk around the house thinking, you know, I'm the most important person here. I'm awesome. Everyone kind of flexes around me. That's not what I'm thinking. But sometimes by the actions and the choices I make, that's mm. what I'm projecting. That's the temperature that I'm setting mm. in the house, in our home. Mm. And I think of just recently, it was after a, a long Sunday. I'd 
you know, preached all day on Sunday. And then we'd had friends who were in from out of town over for dinner that night. And I kind of have my little routine after Sunday that's important to me. And after we'd cleaned up, after our friends had been over and our kids had gone to bed and our friends had gone, it was just you and me. And there was, it sounds so silly to say, but there was this show I was really looking forward to watching that I really wanted to watch on Sunday night. And, you know, that was kind of like my reward for preaching well that day. I mean, it's silly to say out loud, but that's how I had it in my mind. And you wanted to go up to bed and, and just for us to talk and to connect at the end of a long, busy day. And in that moment, humility would have said, you know what, I actually, I'm going to be okay. I, this show is recorded. It'll be there later. What's most important is for you and I to connect and to be with each other and to actually go to bed at a decent hour and end our day the way that we like to end our day. And what I did, instead of putting we mm. in front, I put me in front. And I said, no, my choice matters more and I'll be up in a little bit. And so you went off up to bed and I went down to watch a show and I, I felt as I was doing that, I'm like, well, cool, I got what I wanted, but we lost. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was a relational, the temperature changed. Yeah. And I, and I contributed to that. I changed it in a negative way, you know, where I, we could have had great connection. And so that humility one for me, really, it's not just about mm -hmm. attitude. It's about actions yeah. for me. Yeah. I would say an area where we regularly change the, the temperature, where, where the climate changes in our relationship, is in the area of forgiveness. Um, mm -hmm. And we've spent 20-some years learning how to offer and learning yeah. how to ask for forgiveness yeah. in our relationship. And early on, I think we realized every couple has moments where where they disagree. Every couple yeah. has moments where they see life differently, where they approach, <laughs> they fight. They fight. Okay. And, and so yes, we do fight. Uh, but I think early on we said, let's try and make these fights fair. Um, yeah, because we're going to fight. We're going to fight. We're going to have disagreements. We're going to have a different view and see things differently. But let's try and fight fair. And so some of the ways that we fight fair is we've chosen to take the words always and never out of our fighting. Uh, in fact, we just taught it to our kids the other night. Uh, well, we've been teaching it to them for years. We <laughs> yes. had to remind them of it. We had to day. remind them mm -hmm. of it the other night uh, because Gigi was saying something about, Elijah, you always do this. and Always never back and forth. Yeah, like it was always times. never back and forth. But that is one of the ways that we change the climate is we drop those words out and it allows us to see one another differently. I, I think another way that we have shifted in how we change the climate is we use uh, this phrase, the story I'm writing, mm -hmm. uh, the story that I'm making up in my mind is mm -hmm. this. And, and the real gift that that has been for us and for our relationship and, and even with our kids and our, and our friendships, uh, some of our friendships we use this, yeah. uh, is it helps us actually say, you know, most likely I'm probably not 100% accurate in right. the way that I'm viewing this. Right. And so I'm sure that I have a story going on here. I'm sure that I am not seeing this all the way that you're projecting it onto right. me. And so even using the phrase, hey, I'm, I'm writing a story about this. Well, yeah, I mean, like with the other night with the show, it's mm -hmm. easy for you to say, hey, I'm writing a story that that matters more to you than me. It's, it's language to take that ownership. Yeah. And you've really taught that to our family, modeled that to our family. I think the other phrase that we use is that we've taught our kids because we had to learn it in how we fight fair is I'm sorry, I was wrong, mm -hmm. will you forgive me? Yeah. So we have that kind of mantra where we say, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, 
I was wrong. Will you forgive me? And we make each of a member of our family look yeah. each other in the eyes when they have to say that. And anytime you and I have to ask for forgiveness from the kids, they make sure that we say that we the say whole phrase three. and yeah. look them Absolutely. in the eyes. But yeah, that forgiveness is a way to change the temperature. Yeah. What about with our, our kids? What about how we do that? Uh, like kind of change the climate? What are some things you... Yeah, I mean, I think about in, in this passage, it talks about putting on patience. Mm -hmm. And as a parent, uh, I feel like I should spend a significant amount of time each morning just pausing mm -hmm. and breathing and almost intentionally before I go downstairs say, I am putting on patience right mm -hmm. now. Uh, it's amazing to me uh, how quickly I can forget that they're kids. Yeah. And, and I become impatient with the speed at which they're eating breakfast, or I become impatient with the fact that they get distracted with wanting to play with their Legos and I want them to put their shoes on and grab their backpack and get out the door. And for me, choosing to change the climate in the morning and walking mm. into my day, mm. being patient with them mm. changes the whole temperature of, of how our household is and, and how we're at peace with one another versus in strife and, and it's hot in the house and you know and everybody's it's moving about and, you know and the temperature's 85 degrees <laughs> so yeah so that that's an area where i really am growing as mm. a mom yeah. is is choosing patience with them and and choosing to delight in them actually mm. delight in the fact that they're children yeah uh, so yeah, i think one of the places specifically just when it comes to our kids and for anyone who has kids um, one of the places that we have grown, are growing, and being climate changers is that we're working really hard to ruthlessly eliminate shame from mm -hmm. our home. We we just don't we don't want shame to have yeah. any space in our home and in our kids' lives. Mm -hmm. We want our kids to know that they mm -hmm. can ask us anything and tell us anything. Mm -hmm. we, we don't want them to feel like they have to hide anything from us. And so yeah. if you were to sit around our table at dinner, we have some interesting conversations. Lots of candor. Lots at of our candor table. at our table. And we'll ask our kids, hey, you know, what's going on with you? You know, so we do highs and lows mm -hmm. with our kids. So tell us a high from your day. Do Tell us a low from your day. We share ours mm -hmm. as well. And then oftentimes either at the table or as we're tucking them into bed night, hey, did you hear anything today at school? Did anyone say anything that you didn't understand? Is there any questions that you have and what I love and at times it's shocking to me because they're so honest about it is they'll just say I heard this word today or some kid said this today what does it mean or someone asked me about this and we've just taken the posture rather than saying oh well you shouldn't talk about that that you shouldn't talk because their friends are talking about it mm -hmm. they are hearing it so we would rather them hear it from us and they know that they can tell us anything and while there may be consequences to their choices uh, they're always going to be in a much better place with us if they tell us first. And so that's, a, I think, a, a long climate change. Mm -hmm. Like we're, we're setting the temperature hopefully yeah. for a long time in their life by ruthlessly eliminating shame from our home. Yeah, that, that is definitely a climate changer uh, yeah. for us. I'm curious yeah. for you, how have you seen this in your friendships? Uh, how have you been a climate changer or how have friends been a climate changer with you in yeah. your friendships with them? Well, I mean, honestly, you know, and I'm not just saying this because you're here. I've learned a ton of about this from you and the way that you go about doing relationships. Um, you have an unbelievable... 
uh, ability to, to be thoughtful, to be intentional, to ask really deep questions. And I, I mean that, like really like thoughtful questions. You sort of have a, you have a very low tolerance for surface level conversations. <laughs> it's because you, I'm not good at small you're talk. You're just not good at, well, and just, and just kind of staying on the surface is fine. And, and there's time for that. There's definitely time for that. But with the relationships that matter most to us, our friends, I've really learned from you in leading the way of let's get to the real stuff of life. Let's really actually mm. talk about what matters. Because if these people matter to us, why wouldn't we talk about the things that matter? So I just think even the last couple of weeks, we've had several friends over for dinner in our home. In fact, we had like a couple nights in a row with people over at our house. I'm a little bit more of a curmudgeon than you are. I'd rather like, no, when I'm home, it's sweatpants time. Like that's the, it's like sweatpants o'clock. Let's just chill. But you really do a great job of bringing people in our home. And I noticed with the friends that were over most recently, it didn't take us long to get into the deeper questions. Um, some of our friends are parents, and so we were asking about, hey, what's it like for you to raise your kids in the city? What are some of the fears that you have? What are some of the concerns mm. that you have? How are you guys navigating some of these challenges? Mm. And I mean, with in a very short amount of time, by asking thoughtful, meaningful, mm. real questions, um, you were able to, I mean, it set the temperature for not only that conversation, but it sets the temperature for these relationships. It's now normal for us to have these kind of conversations um, with our friends. And so I, I think being willing to kind of mm -hmm. grab the relational thermostat mm -hmm. with our friends and say, no, we're going to actually go a little bit, I'm going to turn it up a little bit mm -hmm. here and we're going to go a little bit deeper. And rather than just talking about the weather, the game or what, whatever show or whatever, all that's fine and good. But I love how you model saying, I want to ask some thoughtful, mm. meaningful, intentional questions. And it is amazing when you do how it, it shapes and shifts, again, not only that conversation, but that relationship itself. Thanks. Well, I, thank I, you. I appreciate that. You know, this really, ultimately, being a climate changer, it's, it's an invitation. It's a spiritual invitation from God in our relationships to, to change the tone, to take radical responsibility rather than just reacting to the way things are. Because oftentimes it's not easy to do. Uh, oftentimes right. you just kind of want to go as it is coast. or you know coast through and the way that a friendship has always been, you want to just let it be that. Or perhaps like with a family member, maybe it's just always yeah, been like that way with a family yeah. member. And so it's hard to think like, can I actually change the temperature of this relationship? But I really do believe that with God at the center, mm -hmm. or with you at least making God at the center, it's possible. Yeah. Because God is inviting you to be a part of what he's up to in your relationships. Again, you may not be able to change someone, but you can change the temperature of that relationship. You can change how you even see yourself. You can change what you put on and how you interact with that relationship. And they may not know how to respond to it at first. You know, they may not know exactly like, whoa, the temperature changed here, what do I do? But if you give it time and you see what's occurring and how God is moving, you begin to see yeah. that God is shifting and yeah. changing the temperature through you. Yeah. And you know, we talked about the difference between being a thermostat versus being a thermometer mm -hmm. uh, a little bit ago. And I actually think that the thermometer could be a great tool for you mm -hmm. to become a thermostat. 
Hmm. You know, you can't change the climate until you know what the climate is. Hmm. And one of the best ways that I have found to do that is to actually ask someone, to actually ask someone a simple question, hey, what's it like to be on the other side of me? Hmm. Like, what's it like to be on the other side of me? What's it like to be in relationship with me? What's it like to be hmm. on the other side of me? And I'm curious, what do you actually think hmm. you would hear? Hmm. If you were to actually ask people who know you best and who love you, you know, don't start out with somebody that, you know, like, <laughs> like your, your intention with right. or somebody that doesn't even know you. Right. But if you were to ask somebody that really loves you, hey, what's it like to be in relationship with me? I'm curious, wow. what, what might you hear? Hmm. Um, would you be willing to hear it? And we actually want to give you that question as your homework this week. Uh, it's a great, great question to ask. In fact, we want to get really intentional and we want you to find three people in your life, mm -hmm. three relationships that actually really matter to you and, and ask them the simple question, what's it like to be on the other side of me? Hmm. Now, Maybe you could ask your spouse. I have asked Jared that question many times. And I've told you without you asking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you have. Yeah. Yes, you have. But yeah. I've asked Jared many times, hey, what's it like to be on the other side of my impatience? Or mm. what's it like to be on the other side of my selfishness? I've asked my kids, yeah, um, what's good. it like, Elijah? What's it like, Gigi, to be on the other side of mom? And kids are ruthlessly honest. Yeah, and they, they have told you. me. Uh, or ask your small group. Um, it would be a great question to ask yeah, your small great. group. What's it like to be on the other side of me? Ask a close friend, a family member, and invite them to be totally honest. Now mm -hmm. you need to say, I want you to be honest with me. I don't want you to give me a whole bunch of niceties. I really want to know what's it like to be on the other side of me. And then your next step is to listen. Mm -hmm. To listen. Don't fill it with all kinds of words. Don't get defensive. Don't mm. give all kinds of, well, here's why I do that, or here's mm, why I good. do this. Um, just listen. In fact, um, in my small group, I have a guy that I'm in small group with, and, and I was giving him some feedback the other day, and I was just telling him some things that I thought, and my words came out really crisp. They came out really harsh. And I was so grateful that he came back around to me and said, Hey, Jeannie, I just want to let you know, I actually appreciated what you said, but the way that you said it was so hurtful and it was so crisp and it was so harsh. And what I didn't realize was that I didn't at all think about what it might be like to be him hearing my words. And so it was such a great opportunity for me to think through how can I be more kind? How can I be more thoughtful in the way that I deliver feedback? Mm. You see, you can't change the climate until you know what the temperature is. And when you ask the question, listen, what kind of temperature do I set in this relationship? What is it actually like to be on the other side of me? That's when you really begin to see shifts and changes mm -hmm. in your relationship. So that is your homework this week. Good. Uh, we want you to find three people that you can ask this question to. And, and let's see what God actually teaches you, what, what he teaches you about yourself mm -hmm. and the kind of climate that you are setting in 
your relationships. Mm. So what we want to actually do is pray for you towards that end. We want you to actually be able to take radical responsibility with the relationships that matter most to you. And we say this all the time. Nobody stumbles into a great marriage. Nobody stumbles into a great family. Nobody stumbles into great friendships. Mm -hmm. It takes this kind of Colossians 3 sort of work, this sort of choosing to put on these things, choosing to check the temperature, and then choosing to set the temperature, that really, that's, that's where we begin to see God move in our lives and in the relationships that matter most to us. So I would love to pray for us right now. So if you'd be willing to close your eyes and open up your hands, and as you take that posture of prayer with the eyes closed and your hands and your heart open, I actually want you to think about the people in your relational world. Think about your friends, your family, maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's your kids. I actually want you to think about them by name. Who are the people that God has brought into your life that matter most to you? Can you, can you have a couple names and faces in your mind right now as we pray? And I want you to Pray even for them specifically as I'm praying for you. So God, thank you for these folks. Thank you for these people who you've brought into our lives. Thank you, God, that it was actually out of the relationship of the Trinity that we were actually created for relationship with you and with others. And God, I pray you would give us the courage to be climate changers, that we wouldn't just sort of reflect and react, but that we would reset the temperature in our most important relationships. God, I pray that you would help us take radical responsibility to do what Colossians 3 says, to intentionally choose to put on the attributes that ultimately, God, come from you that you've taught us about today. And God, as we do, I, I, I do pray, I pray for a shift and a change in our relational world that we would actually see you at work and that you would be honored, God, by us setting the climate, changing the climate in the relationships that matter most to us. God, thank you that the only reason, the only way this is possible it's because of your son, Jesus, who made a relationship with you possible because of what he did for us at the cross and through an empty tomb. And so, God, we celebrate Jesus. We celebrate you as we consider, God, how you're leading us this week to be climate changers in our world. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.